Over the last several weeks, we've been looking to the book of 1 Samuel to find ways that we as believers can have real strength. Not the kind of strength that goes away, not the kind of strength that's here one moment and gone the next. But real strength, strength that lasts, strength that allows us to be the people of God that he has created us to be. And we found several ways that we can do that as we've looked through these passages in 1 Samuel. We're going to continue this morning reading in 1 Samuel 28 today. Today was Time Change Sunday. I know you know that because you're here. If you didn't know it was Time Change Sunday, you wouldn't be here for a while. But that's okay. We're, we're glad everyone is, is here with us. Even if you for, woke up this morning and you realized, oh, wow, I was supposed to change my clock. You recognize how important time is and being on time. If you're not on time, you miss a lot of stuff. You know? So we, we try to make sure that our timing is good. If you're telling a joke, you've got to have the right timing. Or instead of hearing laughter, you're going to hear crickets. It just doesn't work if you don't have the right timing. If you go fishing, you've got to be there when the fish are biting. If you come after they've already eaten, you're going to be cooking hot dogs over the campfire once again tonight. You've got to be there when they're biting. got to be there at the right time. Saul, the king of Israel, was a master at poor timing, especially when it came to following the will of God. Repeatedly, it took disasters in Saul's life for him to finally come to understanding what it was that God wanted him to do. You'd think eventually he would have figured this out, that eventually he would understand, hey, before I head off on all of these tangents, I need to stop and ask the Lord about this. But no, as we come here to the end of 1 Samuel, Saul is once again following his own advice rather than seeking God's plan. He comes to a point in his life where he doesn't know what to do. And as if praying wasn't good enough, as if reading the Word of God wasn't good enough, Saul decides, the way that I'm going to figure out what to do, I'm going to go talk to a witch in the city of Endor. Yeah, that's not just a Halloween story. That's a true story right here from the Scripture. And how ridiculous is this that Saul, the man that God has put on the throne of Israel, uses this satanic plan of going to find a witch to tell him what God's will is. But let's back up a few verses and find out what in the world it was that led Saul to this lunacy. Well, 1 Samuel 28 begins with Saul yet again in trouble. Uh, This time, the Philistine army had encamped uh, near a city called Shunem, and they were drawing close to an area that's known as the Valley of Jezreel. Now, those words may not mean much to you, but they meant a lot to Saul. In the geography of Israel, if the Philistine army was able to control this area known as the Valley of Jezreel, they would literally cut the nation of Israel in half. They would cut Saul off, who he lived in the southern part of Israel. They would cut him off from his forces in the north. And he knew if the Philistines were successful in doing that, he was doomed. So he realized he needed some help. He didn't know what to do. So according to verse 6, he began to seek the answer in his dreams. He would go to bed at night hoping that he would dream some dream that would give him a, a strategy, give him an answer for how to defeat the Philistines, but that didn't work so much. And so then 
He began to consult some of the the processes of the day where people would make decisions. One was using an item called the Urim. It, it, it's another word that, that sometimes is, is, is similar to, to when you read in the Bible about them casting lots. Sometimes they would do that to make a decision. Well, the Urim was, was similar to that. But, but again, Saul doesn't get a clear answer there. So he goes to some of the prophets. Now, unfortunately, these weren't true prophets. These were some men who just claimed to be prophets. And again, they don't give him any help either. Now, prayer would have been the best selection. If, if Saul just would have stopped and asked God to help him know what was the right thing to do, God would have surely told him. But uh, Saul was too busy being king. I guess praying was just too common an answer for him. So he comes up with another plan. We read about it in verse 7 of 1 Samuel 28. It says, Saul then said to his attendants, find me a woman who is a medium so that I may go and inquire of her. There is one in Endor, they said. Yeah, you heard that right. Saul is looking for a medium, or in some translations, the word is translated as a witch, because that's who she was. She was a person who claimed to be able to use the dark arts to find answers to people's problems. Now, lest we think that Saul is just acting in the ignorance of the day, if you back up in uh, chapter 28, verse 3, you'll see that Saul had established a law saying this was illegal. He recognized that that anyone who's depending on anything other than God to lead them was a bad thing. And these folks who were depending on the dark arts had no place in in the nation of God. And so, so he had them run out of the country. He said, this is not going to be allowed here. And then just a few verses later, he decides to contact one of them to see if they can tell him an answer to his problem. Now, again, remember, all Saul had to do was just stop and ask the Lord. Too often we make discerning the will of God too hard. To know what God wants in our life, all we need to do is pray and read the Bible. Now, that sounds simplistic. You may say, well, that's just a Sunday school answer. That's just something a preacher would say on Sunday morning. No, it's the truth. If we want to know what God wants us to do first, we just need to look to the Bible. He's already told us what he wants us to do right here. And then as we're seeking to apply the Bible to our life, to just say, God, I need some wisdom here. I need to know how to apply your word to my life. I need you to help me to understand how to do this. And God will show us. That's all Saul needed to do. But, but we're getting a little ahead of the story. Instead, Saul finds out that this witch lady is, is, is located in a little village called Indoor and travel from where Saul was to get to Indoor was really difficult. It was not a good road. It was through some very difficult country. That's probably the reason that she went there when the law was passed, making what she did illegal. She probably was trying to escape to a place where it would be hard to find her. But Saul takes this very difficult road to find this lady and, and he disguises himself. He, he doesn't want her to know who he is. When he arrives, he finds the woman and he makes a request. He asks her, I I need you to conjure up a spirit. And and she told him what she knew. She said, well, you know, that's illegal. I'm not supposed to do that anymore. But Saul assures her that her secret is safe with him. And 
Then he tells her, the spirit I want you to conjure up is Samuel. Here's what the Bible says. When the woman understood, she recognized who he was. Now, first of all, the reason that, that Saul was, was trying to get Samuel back is because Samuel always, always helped him. Samuel always been the one who had pointed him in the right direction. Samuel was the one who had shared with him God's word. Now, Saul didn't see it that way. He just saw Samuel as being somebody that was wise, somebody that always seemed to know what was right. But unfortunately, Samuel was inconveniently dead at this particular point. He died just a few years before this. And so Saul thinks, well, I'll go find this this medium to bring up Samuel's spirit. Maybe he'll help me. And so here's what happens in verse 12. It says, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out the top of her voice and said to Saul, why have you deceived me? You're Saul. Well, at this point, scholars have some disagreement over exactly what's happened here. Most believe that this woman wasn't really a witch at all. She didn't have the power to call up dead spirits. She was just a con artist who had used some parlor tricks to make people think that she had a power that she didn't really have to get their money. And the reason that, she, that scholars think that, that, that this woman really was just a con artist is because here she is and she starts going through her parlor trick making Saul think that she can do this. And all of a sudden Samuel actually shows up. And she's shocked. This has never actually worked before. And so she realizes, whoa, something's going on here. And then she recognizes, oh, behind that Groucho Marx mustache, you're the king. <laughs> you're really Saul. Why God allowed the spirit of Samuel to visit this woman didn't know, but she didn't want any part of it. She said, wait a minute. This is way beyond my pay grade. I need out. Saul also realizes that Samuel is there and he falls on the ground before him. And then Samuel asks Saul why he's disturbing him. Hey, if you got plucked out of glory and dragged back down here, you'd be a little ticked off too. <laughs> Saul then presents his question. He says, oh, Samuel, I'm back in trouble again. I don't know what to do. You could always give me the right answer. You could always point me in the right direction. And he describes the problem about being surrounded by the Philistines, about how the Philistines are about to cut the northern part of Israel apart from the southern part of, of Israel and how he's not been able to get any instruction through his dreams or any of the men who claim to be prophets or any of the other things he had tried. And so he, he asked Samuel, what am I going to do? And Samuel answers him basically by saying, hey, I already told you what to do before I died. Verses 16 through 19 are Samuel's repetition of what he had said over and over and over again to Saul. He had explained to Saul that because Saul had violated God's command, God was going to allow the Philistines to conquer him, to take the nation out of his hand, and then God would make David the next king of Israel. Suffice it to say, that wasn't the answer that Saul wanted to hear. Again, he falls to the ground, unfortunately not to go to God in prayer, which is what he should have done in the first place, but he's not even doing that now. Now he falls to the ground because he's in fear for his life. So, so the, this witch is watching all this, or this lady that claimed to be a witch, she's watching all of this, and she feels sorry for King Saul. 
There's really not much she can do for him, but she, she says, well, I'll fix you some lunch. <laughs> and at first he refuses, but finally he goes over to his house and they get something to eat. And then, then he heads home. And notice in this whole course of action, from the start, from the time that Saul was, was looking for answers and he's going to all these people, and he's doing all these things, he goes to this witch and now she's, she's actually conjured up Samuel right there before him and talks to Samuel. Through all of this, Saul never stops to pray. Not one word. So what is this crazy, out-of-bounds story about the king of Israel seeking wisdom from a witch at a town called Endor? What does that teach us today? What's that got anything to do with us? Well, it has at least a couple of things that are very important. First of all, don't be fooled. There will always be plenty of people who are willing to give you the answer. And they'll be glad to take your money to do it. They'll read the tarot cards. They'll let you call them on a 900 number. And they will claim that they have all kinds of powers. And they even may give some signs that they're able to do something. Don't you believe it? They're not going to make you any wiser. They're just going to make you poorer. Now, I firmly believe that there are demons and that Satan is hard at work in our world and he does some crazy stuff. But, but I also believe there's some con artists out there who just want to take your money. And Satan's glad to use them to try to keep you from doing what you really need to do. To seek the Lord. Don't fall for it. Even if somebody is truly enabled in those powers of the dark arts, they can't give you what you want. Or more significantly, they can't give you what you need. Don't be fooled. But it doesn't have to be the dark arts that, 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 that fool you. There are plenty of people who give you some other answers that sound pretty good. They'll give you all kinds of advice that, you know, if you just make enough money, if you just follow the right career path, if you're just popular enough, if you're just powerful enough, if you dress right, if you drive the right car, then you'll finally be happy. Then you'll finally be satisfied. Then you'll finally have what you want. You know what? That's just as big a lie. It's just as big a con. Because none of those things are actually going to achieve what you really need. Don't be fooled by the con artists. Don't be fooled by the lies. They don't have the answer for you. That's the first thing this story teaches us. Saul didn't find what he needed at Endor. You won't either. Second, all of us reach those points in our life where we don't know what to do. We reach those moments in our life where we need some help. We need some direction. We need some wisdom. Don't follow Saul's example. Saul sought information when what he really needed was God's forgiveness. He wanted to know how to defeat the Philistines when what he really needed to know was God's word. You want to know God's will for your life? 
Are you facing a a fork in the road and you're trying to figure out which way is the right way to go? Are you facing a situation in your life that you just don't understand and you're trying to figure it out? The place to start is to pray and read God's Word. You don't need a witch. You already have what you need. You need the Bible and you need your knees. Don't be fooled by the answers the world tries to give you. And realize you've already got the answers. In God's word and prayer. We have a place to find God's plan for our life. We can hear God's voice. We can know what he wants us to do. Now, now God will often lead us in our circumstances. He will often lead us through the advice of good, good counsel, good friends, Christian friends. He'll lead us in, in ways that he guides our, our thoughts. But remember, any of those things, whether it's advice, whether it's things you're thinking, whether it's circumstances, if they don't lead according to God's word, if they're departing from what God's already said in the Bible, then what you're hearing is not from God. He'll always say, what will fit exactly with what he's already said. But you have exactly what you need to figure that out. You have the Bible and you have prayer. Are you facing a tough spot in your life? Facing some questions for which you just don't have the answer? Well, go to God in prayer and look at his word. Or is your life just kind of humming along? Everything's going great. Things are just working out the way you want them to and everything seems to be going good. You need to go to the Bible and go to God's Word, maybe even more. Because sometimes the good times of life can blind us to what we really need. And so whatever your circumstance in life, whatever you're facing in life, whether you're at a crossroads, whether you're at a point of decision, whether you're at a point of difficulty in your life, or whether things are going really great... We all need exactly the same thing. We need God's Word and we need to pray. The fact of the matter is there is no wrong time to pray and read God's Word. Saul could have avoided so many bad decisions in his life. If he just would have done those two things, if he just would have consulted God's Word and prayed, we can too. And there are all kinds of good ways to read the Bible. We, we've talked about this several times. Have you noticed how many times in, in the course of, of these passages of Scripture about Saul's life that we've come back to the same thing? We, we just need God's Word and we just need to pray. Well, that's because God's trying to convince us this is really true. We have a lot of opportunities to be able to do that, to find ways that daily we can be in God's Word, daily we can be reading the Scripture. There are wonderful Scripture reading plans that will help you to do that will help you have a, a way that each day you can be going through the Bible. Find one that works for you. There's lots of good ones. We have one in, uh, in the YouVersion app that we use for our sermon notes and our weekly announcements. There's all kinds of really good daily Bible reading plans there. There's all, it ranges from everything to read the Bible through in a year to, to Bible reading plans for husbands and wives, to Bible reading plans for high school students, to Bible reading plans for college students, to Bible reading plans for business people. There are just all kinds of them. Just read the Bible. <laughs> Find a plan, a way, a strategy that works for you that you can consistently be in God's Word and do that.
We have lots of good ways to pray, too. Here's a simple one. Start the day in prayer, end the day in prayer, and live the day in an attitude of prayer. Now, what I mean by that is start the day when you get up in the morning. Before you do anything else, spend some time in prayer. That way you'll forget it. You know, if it's the first thing you do, you'll have done it that day. So first thing, when you get up in the morning, spend some time in prayer. Then when, the last thing before you go to sleep, take just a moment, spend some time in prayer. And then during the day, live in an attitude of prayer. Live in that, that, that mindfulness that God is there, that He is, is present, that He's in authority, that, that remembrance that, hey, when I'm facing some decisions in my life, I, I just need to ask. Lord, help me. Help me understand what you want me to do in this situation. Help me understand how I need to, to make the right decision here. Show me, Lord. I, I need your help and God will do that. Start your day in prayer. End your day in prayer. And live your day in an attitude of prayer. Don't make the mistake that Saul made. You won't find the answers anywhere else. You'll only find them in the one who is the answer. Heavenly Father, we all face crossroads in life. We all face those questions where we're wondering what we need to do and we need your wisdom. And we'll have a lot of voices that will be sending advice to us. Some of them, it'll be obvious they're wrong. I mean, you know, they'll be clearly identified like this witch at Endor was. You know, we should know immediately, well, this is not going to be right. But some of them will be a little bit confusing. Some of them will seem like they're coming from trusted sources. But Lord, if they don't fit your word, they're not right. So help us to begin our search, to begin our journey, to begin every day and end every day looking to your word and coming to you in prayer. Help us to see that you're always going to give us the right answer. That we can always trust in you. Help us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation. It's an opportunity for you to respond to what God is doing in your life this morning. Maybe you're here and, and you came here this morning because you're at one of those crossroads of your life. You've come to a place where you know you need something. And maybe you couldn't even put your finger on what that something was. But, but you've tried a lot of things and all of them have fallen short. Everything that you have tried has not given you the purpose in life that you're looking for. It's not giving you the understanding that you're looking for. It's not giving you the wisdom that you're looking for. It's just not there. And so maybe you came today, maybe you're watching us online, and because you, you're hoping, well, maybe God has something for me. Well, you know what? He does. <laughs> and we want to share it with you. The only way you're going to find what you're looking for is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, you may be wondering what that's all about. What does that mean? We want to help you. Now, ordinarily what we do, we invite you to come here to the front. We sit down with you and we talk to you about what it means to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. We can't do that right now because of the virus. So, so we've got another way for you to do that. If you're here with us personally in the, in the pews before you, there's a card. It's called a connection card. And you just put your contact information on there and there's a box down at the bottom that says, I want to follow Jesus. Just check that box. And when you leave this morning, just drop it in one of the baskets that you'll see at the doors as you exit. We'll get in contact with you and, and, and we'll help you understand what it means to understand your need for the Savior, what it means to 
understand what Jesus has done for us on the cross, how He rose again, how He's alive right now, how you can personally trust Him as your Lord and Savior. We'll, we'll help you to see what the Bible has to say about all that. Just, just let us know. If you're watching us online, there's an electronic version of that card that's available for you. If you're watching on Facebook, it, there's a link right there at the top of the, the uh, comment section. If you're watching us on our website, it's right there below where the video box is. It's a, uh, the link is nationalheights.org backslash hello. If you'll go to that link, you'll find an electronic version of that card where you can give us some contact information. And again, there's a box there. You just check the box that says, I want to follow Jesus. We'll help you know what that's all about. Maybe God's dealing in another way in your life today. Maybe you're looking for a church home, and we'd be glad to share with you how you can be a part of what God's doing here at National Heights. There's a box that says, I want to be a member at National Heights. Just check that box. We'll get you that information. Maybe there's some other way that God is is speaking to your heart this morning. Uh, Maybe you've got a prayer need, something you would like your fellow Christians to be praying with you concerning. And there's a place on the back of the card to do that. There's a place on the electronic card just to record what your specific prayer request is, and we'll be honored to be praying with you in the week to come. Whatever way God is speaking to you this morning, we invite you to respond to His command in your life today as we sing together.